This is the Nebraska Greats, a weekly podcast as a service to the Nebraska Greats Foundation, which serves former collegiate athletes facing medical needs and financial challenges. Your tax-deductible contribution will change the life of a former college sports hero. Please give online at negreats.org. And now, here's your host... Jim Rose. Thank you, Matt Hopkins. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Nebraska Greats Foundation podcast, a service of the Nebraska Greats Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that serves former collegiate letter winners, many of the 16 Nebraska four-year schools who have a medical need and a financial challenge. You can learn more online at www.negreats.com. Now, those who have followed our podcast, which is fast growing in popularity on multiple platforms around the country, typically these uh, discussions will be with former athletes from any of the 16 schools, former coaches and sports personalities. I thought we'd switch it up today and actually instead of go back in time or revisit games we've already seen, now let's talk to one of the rising young athletes in Nebraska, somebody who is gaining tremendous strides and is making a national presence for herself in golf. This is high school senior to be Caitlin Hanna of Omaha. And you're a busy young lady. Uh, you're traveling all over the countryside. Tell us where you've been most recently, Caitlin. Yeah, so my uh, tournament started over here at Stone Creek Golf Course in Omaha at the Junior PGA. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, shoot minus six and qualify for the national tournament, Junior PGA at Valhalla Country Club. So that will be uh, later in July. And, um, you know, just being able to be invited into the Western Junior, um, which was in Illinois, which is the longest, so 93rd, the longest um, junior tournament around. Um, So getting to play with the girls who are going to college next fall and, um, compete with them at some, you know, really nice courses. And, um, I just got back from North Carolina and got to play at Pinehurst, um, number two and number six. So being able to play at courses that pros play at and, you know, you know, they're playing tough greens, long courses. Uh, that's pretty cool. So. This is not new for you. You've been (laughs) playing some of the best best golf courses in the country for the last five or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Take us back to some of those courses. Well, let me, let's stop for a second. And let me ask you about your schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, When school is out, because you play golf in the fall in school in Nebraska, girls high school golf is a fall sport. So when do you begin your other golf schedule in the spring and summer? And how many tournaments have you played in already this year? Yeah, so right after um, school starts or school ends, excuse me, um, you know, end of May, I go straight into um, tournaments. So I played June. I had five tournaments, which is the most I've ever played in. Um, So I haven't gotten to practice much just because I'm going from tournaments to tournaments. Um, But this year, definitely, you know, looking at colleges. So I want to get my name out there and play in bigger tournaments. So I've played in about five tournaments so far, and um, I'll be able to take a little bit of break in July and playing a few more. So. And then high school golf starts up Back, in, the, in the month yeah. of August, but that's gotta be, and you don't want to use the term come down, but given the level of competition that you've played and the golf courses on which you played uh, high school golf is almost a little bit of a hobby. At least it turns out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, high school golf has helped me so much, especially with my short game. You know, we play um, quite a bit closer. So I'm able to work a lot of my hundred yards and in, um, which is definitely my um, biggest strength. So I'm able to, 
use that, you know, going into these more national tournaments um, that really helped me right around the green. How long have you been playing competitive golf? You're 17, 18, you're going to be a senior. How long have you been in tournaments where they keep score? Um, I started, you know, the Nebraska Junior Golf Tour probably when I was about seven, six, seven. Um, so I've been, you know, playing competitively for a long time and um, being able to have these Nebraska golf tournaments just around, especially locally um, with young girls and um, boys is pretty cool to just be able to start at such a young age. You played in the National Drive, Chip and Putt competition mm -hmm. from Augusta National. Uh, that's where they play the Masters yep. at age 12. What was it like to play? Did you know what you were doing? Were you engulfed by the situation or were you just zeroed in on on driving, chipping and putting in those couple yeah. of days? Yeah. At first I was like, you know, obviously my dad and my parents are freaking out. They're like, man, we're going to Augusta. And at first I was like, man, this must be a really cool, cool place. And you walk out there and it's just like, it's so open. It's like, I mean, it kind of takes your breath away because, you know, you don't see that type um, of the course on TV. So it's been five years. So my memory's a little bit, you know, um, but it's pretty cool. I got to meet a whole bunch of people and, um, you know, Jordan Spieth, people from the golf channel. So I stay in connection with a lot of people, um, through that event and, um, yeah, the master, I would love to go back. I know they have a, um, woman's amateur there that a lot of college players can be invited to and, qualify for. So that would definitely be a goal to make it back there and actually play on the course. So you just, did you play on the par three course for that event or how did the drive chip and putt competition at Augusta national actually work? Yeah. So we did, um, we actually use the driving range. So the same ones that all the pros use, um, for the masters and got to do three drives there. And then we just went over to kind of the short game area that you can kind of see, um, you know, when the masters is taking place, they have a lot of interviews over there. Um, so we did our chipping over there and then our putting was on the 18th green, um, which was pretty cool. And they had the same pin location that they do on Sundays. Um, you know, when you're standing on the putting green, it doesn't feel like the 18th hole. Like, it's just like, everyone's all around it, but it's just, it's so cool. And, um, getting to play, especially at such a young age, getting to experience inside of the ropes at Augusta was pretty cool. Visiting with Caitlin Hanna, this is the the outstanding junior golfer in Nebraska and has been for most of the last several years. Started winning tournaments uh, at age, well, started playing in them at age six and seven. And you've won a lot of tournaments. If you ever have a chance to see Caitlin's bedroom, this is sort of like a trophy shop, okay? You walk into a trophy shop and they have all of the examples of trophies and medals and awards you can win. And every one of them has her name on them. It's amazing. Um What's of all of the tournaments that you've won so far, and you have a lot more to win, which ones have made the most impact on you? Which ones did you sit back and say, that was a good one to win? Man, that's cool to have won that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, two tournaments kind of come to mind. Um, the Nebraska Junior Amateur was my first big tournament um, in 2019. And that kind of just showed me, you know, I can win tournaments, especially, you know, girls that are um, I'm competing with year round, going to go play college maybe next year. Um, so that was pretty cool. It's one of my biggest tournaments, um, at a young age. And then most recently the Midwest championship, um, that was held at Glen Oaks, which is, uh, which was home to the senior open for a few years. Um, and that was, I mean, I came back, I was down seven strokes, um, after the 36 whole day and came back and shot minus one. Um, 
scrim one in a playoff. So that was pretty cool to see how I can, you know, grind back and um, still come out with a victory. All right. So what is your weekly routine when you're not playing in a tournament every weekend? Uh, what do you do during the year? If this was, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona, you could go out and play golf almost every day on a course. Can't do that in Nebraska. So how does Caitlin Han of Omaha stay on top of golf year round? Yeah. So in the winter, I do play for my high school basketball team. Um, so I'm able to compete um, at a high level there. And Westside just opened up the first indoor golf facility um, in the U.S. for public high school. So I'm able to go in there when it's, you know, freezing outside and hit into a foresight simulator and putt and chip. So that's, you know, obviously awesome. And, you know, in the summer, I try to go five to six times a week um, out to Champions Run, uh, my home course, and, um, you know, kind of practice there. I try to do, you know, about an hour of um, on the driving range. I'm not someone who's going to hit, you know, 300 balls um, right away. And then I spend almost all of my time over at the short game area. That's where I gain a lot of my strokes and um, gain strokes on other people. And um, so I spend a lot of time over there. Yeah. The whole game is a hundred yards and in. Yeah. You know, people will spend $300 on a driver and 14 bucks on a putter mm -hmm. and they wonder why they never score better. Uh, but yeah, it's all a hundred yards and in. So how did you get to golf? When did golf occur to you? When did you pick up the first, when did you know this was something that number one, you were really good at and number two, you enjoy? Yeah. So I first started, um, I guess I held the club first when I was really young, probably about four um, my dad helped run the Cox Classic at Champions, so we hosted a golfer um, from Columbia, which was awesome for about seven years. And um, he took me up to the youth clinics um, at the Cox Classic and was able to, you know, work with them and just kind of swing the club. And then, obviously, when I went to the Nebraska Junior Golf Tournaments, you know, I played one or two of them every week. Um, I always played up just for better competition, and I think that's what really helped me because I didn't know a lot of the girls, so I was able to you know, kind of dial in a little bit more and then um, kind of going back to that 2019 win at the junior amateur. That's when I kind of knew that um, I can win tournaments and compete. But you were winning tournaments before 2019. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, you were, maybe they were youth tournaments, but yeah. somebody has to finish in first place. Somebody has to play the best golf. Mm -hmm. So that was you. Uh, so was that when your competitive streak began? When did you feel like, okay, I enjoy playing golf, but now I really want to go be the best player? Yeah, probably about, you know, nine or 10. I was able to not go into tournaments knowing I was going to win, but having a good chance um, just because I practiced so much that at champions and with my coaches and, um, you know, playing in a lot of these local tournaments at a younger age helped with that um, rather than getting, you know, nationally noticed right away at the, at such a young age, um, just helped me, you know, stay more humble in the game. And, um, so I think playing in these tournaments around Omaha, um, competing with local girls helped and pushed me more. Visiting with Caitlin Hanna. This is the elite junior golfer in the state of Nebraska and has been for most of the last 10 years. This is the Nebraska greats podcast. You can find us online at negreats.org. Um, having played so many great golf courses, uh, you talked about Pinehurst. You haven't played Augusta National, but you've been there. Valhalla, Glen Oaks is one of the premier courses in the Midwest. You've certainly played all the great Nebraska courses. Uh, which ones so far have stood out to you and why? Hmm. Um, I would say 
um, at kind of like a national area. Pinehurst is always so cool. I mean, being able to go there and you see, you know, that's kind of where golf, you know, I mean, that's where it's all right there, you know? So you go there every week and there's always a tournament and especially being where the pros play, you know, for the open, um, in a few years. Um, I mean, that was, I mean, playing number two was awesome. And, you know, being able, I mean, I made third, I made six birdies on number two. Um, so that's pretty, I mean, my short game just really helped, especially with those greens. And, you know, you can't stick them as well there because it's just so hard and sand based. So you have to kind of use your chipping and stuff like that. So that was definitely a course that I could go to every single year. Now you understand it's one of the top golf courses in the world. Uh, many think it's the number one golf course in the country. You're not supposed to make six birdies on the number one <laughs> golf course in the country. Do you, I don't know if you understand that yet, Caitlin, but it's important for you to sober up and stop making birdies on the best <laughs> courses in the world. Otherwise, nobody's going to invite you to play. Can you imagine some 65-year-old member at Pinehurst going, what's she doing making six birdies on the front line? I made six birdies this decade. So you have to be really proud of yourself when you take on the best golf courses. How do you practice when you're out on the course mm -hmm. practicing your game? You talked about how you don't just hit 300 balls, which people sometimes do, and that's probably counterproductive, especially if you have bad habits. But when you're out on the course playing or when you're on a practice round before a tournament, what do you zero in on? Yeah, um, you know, I've wanted to get better at longer shots into the green. Um, so I try to play the hole normally like I'm playing a normal round. Um, you know, I'll drop a few balls here and there in the rough or different, you know, situations. But, you know, I just try to get in the habit of just playing a normal round of 18. And if I want to redo shots, I do that. Um, but golf is just, you don't get second tries, you know, in golf, you have to dial in and focus on the ball right there. So that's really kind of the biggest thing that I think has helped me is, you know, you can't control everything. So just swing the ball like you have been and all your training and from your coaches and everyone. And, you know, so let's see what happens and go from there. Um, that's kind of what I've always done. What about a warm up? Uh, every golfer warms up differently, but what is your warm up routine before you play a round of 18? Yeah, so I go to the range, um, for example, before a tournament. I try to get there about an hour and a half before. Um, go to the range for about 40 minutes, just kind of get warmed up um, and hitting solid shots. And then again, I go to putting and chipping. I, I, I spend all of my time there because um, feel the greens is really important. And then, you know, I take breaks here and there because, you know, that's, you have to do that for golf and it helps me mentally to just, you know, I mean, it's a big tournament, but we also need to kind of stay within myself and, um, feel for the greens on is really important, especially, you know, 10 feet, 10 feet right around. And that's, that's really what helped me. So now we have somebody who's sort of rising through the ranks of national junior golf. And you mentioned that you have met a lot of people in the game of golf mm -hmm. and you've stayed in contact with them. So who are some of the famous people who are following you on Instagram or, um, you know, who follow you on Twitter or mm -hmm. follow you on social media? Who are some names that people might recognize? Um, I've gotten really good contact with Peter Jacobson. He's on the golf channel and um, played a lot professionally. And it's just so cool. When I went to the drive chimp putt, he knew all about me after reading um, my bio and, you know, I, he sends me stuff and I'll send him stuff to look over. And um, Peter Jacobson has just definitely been, um, you know, he's high up there. So just be able to keep that connection and, um, you know, always have someone to send college stuff to, to look over, whatever it is. 
um, that's pretty cool. Mm. It's not easy to find golf partners that are as good as you. So who do you play golf with if you're not competing? I mean, do you like playing with other other people? Do you like playing in groups? Do you prefer to play alone? And if you play with other people, who? Yeah, so I would say a lot of my friends or are uh, athletes and they play golf. Um, just kind of, you know, what I've always kind of known and grown up with. And so, you know, I'll try to play a lot with the boys team and, you know, we'll get out there and play some cool courses here in Omaha and occasionally they'll back out every once in a while when I bring one of my other teammates from Nebraska, but um, it always turns into a competition uh, or sometimes even like a mini golf lesson. Like, Hey, how did you do that shot? Like, what do you do in this situation? Um, which helps me, you know, better my knowledge of the game. And um, so it's always fun to just get out there and play, but it always turns into a competition. <laughs> Ever had a hole in one? I have never had a hole in one. I've had it on like Wii golf. If you've ever heard of that, But um, (laughs) never, never in real life. How close? How close have you come? I've hit the pin. I've hit the pin once or twice, but you know, this, this is how far it's so close. It's, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the great white whale that's eluded me too. I mean, with my fantastic swing, it's just (laughs) improbable that I haven't hit all in one yet. I'm one of those, some people that are like 29 and 30 handicappers. I've one and two holes in one. See, there's something wrong in the world when somebody who's a 30 handicapper has a hole in one. Meanwhile, Caitlin Hanna, who's winning tournaments, hasn't yet had a hole in one. Um, you're going to be playing college golf a year from now, uh, and I'm sure that, that there are lots of people interested. What is most important to you as you look over the list of candidates who are offering scholarships to you? Yeah, um, so I really want to stay in the Midwest. Um you know, obviously I'm close with my family, but I feel like I adapt to all the different weathers, um, especially rain. I play a lot of that in high school golf and um, when I travel. So um, staying in the Midwest, that which means you need to have a good indoor facility. Um, so a lot of these colleges I'm talking to have great indoor facilities and alumni that support the program and the school that supports them. And ultimately, I want to go to a college where I can continue to grow athletically and academically. Um, you know, that's just to push me maybe to go pro or whatever that may be. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, my key points in college. Are you following this name, image and likeness program that the NCAA and NCAA college athletes now have access to? Uh, there are some with exceptionally large Twitter followings and Instagram followings. And now suddenly they are a part of the advertising community and can reap some financial rewards. But I would think that somebody like you in golf, it's a targeted audience. And I would think somebody like Caitlin Hanna would be very, very interested uh, to know what opportunities are there and could be very interesting to the advertising community. Are you connected to any of that stuff yet? Are you spending any time on that yet? Yeah, you know, I've kind of looked at different athletes that, you know, get deals and sponsorship from, you know, lately from these um, different corporations. But I just think what's really cool is how these athletes are getting noticed for what they're doing. And, you know, especially if they're competing well and winning tournaments and, you know, games and stuff like that. So I think that's what the biggest thing is, is, you know, they're it's pushing them to get better and it's going to push me to get better um, and just kind of stay connected with the local fans and um, competition. A lot of athletes will have some sort of motivational tactic. Um, 
you know, baseball teams will have pictures of the other team having a dog pile on their field to either win a championship or get into a tournament or something. Uh, yeah. Others will have some sort of message that motivates them to reach their ultimate goal. Number one, what's your ultimate goal, Caitlin Hanna? Number two, what motivational techniques do you use? Yeah, so right now my goal is to compete at a high level in college and to help that team you know, win championships, go to NCAs. Um, that's really my ultimate goal for right now at the moment. And, you know, for motivation, it's, I know I can continue to get better and, you know, playing basketball has really helped me with the culture wise, you know, you can, you can't control everything. So do the best at what you can control. And, um, you know, I'm not going to win every single tournament. And when I don't win, I, 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 you know, learn a lot. So, what can I do to dial in on each of the kind of aspects of the game? And that kind of really motivates me. All right, Caitlin, it's great uh, talking to you. Thanks for your time. Congratulations on your success so far, but man, it's just starting. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. That's Caitlin Hanna of Omaha. Remember that name. Okay. You know all about the former athletes and the stars of the past, but keep this name in mind and be watching for her future college golf national championship tournaments, and even potentially the Ladies Professional Golf Association. This has been the Nebraska Greats podcast. It's a joy to have all of you here. Thank you for joining us. Please spread the word. And again, learn more about the Nebraska Greats Foundation and its mission of serving former athletes in medical and financial need online at www.negreats.org. Until next time, this is Jim Rose saying so long. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again. This has been Nebraska Greats, a weekly podcast serving the Nebraska Greats Foundation. You can find each episode on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please give generously to serve Nebraska's former sports heroes in need at anygreats.org. And be sure to follow the Any Greats on Facebook and Twitter.